following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. This week, I hand out players of the week, give updated rankings, our 2-2-1, and more. All that next on the Full Court Press. This is Full Court Press, part of the Sumner County Sports Podcast with your host, Zach Womble, covering high school sports all across Sumner County. Now, lace up the shoes, get in position. It's time for the Full Court Press with Zach Womble. Thanks, JP. Hey, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Full Court Press. Like you said, I'm your host, Zach Womble. And in this episode, we have so much to dive into. But first, I need you to do me a favor. If you have not already, please like and subscribe. Rate the podcast wherever you may be listening, Spotify, Google, Apple Playlist, wherever it may be. It helps me out so much. Thank you to the fans who tune in and listen each and every week. I couldn't do this without you. It is much appreciated. You, of course, can follow me on Twitter at Zach Womble MSP and the show on Twitter at FCP underscore MSP. Go ahead and turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, let's dive right into our Players of the Week this week. You know this is a segment that we have so much fun doing each and every week. It's an opportunity to highlight these great student athletes here in Sumner County. And starting off this week, we highlight Beach, Beach's Riley Long and Beach's Tyler Moore. Starting first with Riley Long, she scored a game-high 22 points for the Lady Bucks in their big win over Hendersonville this past week. She was huge. She scored 15 points in the first half. She got big steals. She hit open jumpers. She got good rebounds. She was just really a great presence for them, for that beach team that helped them eke out that four-point win over their city rival Hendersonville in a game that was much different than the first go-around. The first go-around actually ended in a 30-point win for the Lady Bucks. A lot different this time, you know, uh, beach coach Lauren Elkins cited after the game. It was it's just a tough place to play, um, and I think you could say that for a lot of gyms, a lot of teams, uh, especially your rival when you're going on the road, and knowing that you just drummed them by 30 only two weeks prior, so you know you're going to get their best. Uh, Kelly Reed was 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 complimentary of her of her Hendersonville defense, but said that Riley just gave them fits on the low block, gave them fits on the outside, uh, and was just you know able to dominate. Her, her position and, and really was was a big difference in that ball game. So shout out to Riley Long, our player of the week this week for Beach High School. And then also sticking with Beach, we're looking at Tyler Moore. Tyler Moore scored also scored 22 points, uh, was big for them. You know, that that game ended up being a 29-point blowout for the Bucks, but it was actually like a five-point game at one point in the first half. Uh, Hendersonville again cut it to seven in the second half following a Harrison Perry three-pointer, but Tyler Moore ice in his veins, pulled up in transition off, you know, in the next possession, put it to 10, and it was never close after that. He was really, really good. I saw he posted his highlights from that game. I didn't realize, but he had seven steals. Seven steals. That's pretty impressive. Got quick hands, and I talked to Kit Brown after the game who just said, 
Listen, we love having Timo, love having the ball in his hands, love what he brings to this team at the point guard position. Uh, you know, he has them excited for the season. They've got a great team, uh, but you only go as far as your point guard will take you, especially in postseason play when the when the game really slows down. And listen, Tyler Moore, I don't I don't know if there's a better point guard in the county. I know Tristan Conger over, over at Pope might have something to say about that, but Tyler Moore. He has been so, so good for Beach this year. Uh, so he, again, is our player of the week this week. So shout out to Riley Long and Tyler Moore from Beach High School, both scoring 22 points in back-to-back wins, excuse me, over their city rival, Hendersonville High School. Sorry about that. Moving on to the best game I saw this week. Uh, look Once again, looking at Pope Prep. Uh, this is a game I did not cover but was able to watch on uh, the net, the NFHS network. So shout out to NFHS for helping media members like myself uh, catch games that maybe we're not able to attend uh, and just kind of follow up and, and see what's going on when, when we're not around. But listen, they erased a 16-point fourth-quarter deficit in the final four and a half minutes of their win over Lipscomb Academy, forcing turnover after turnover, making big shot after big shot, and which allowed them to go actually in sole possession of third place in their league. And they absolutely look to be a team that can make a run in Division II AA. You know, I spoke with Joseph Bills a couple weeks ago after one of their wins, a senior member of their team. And I think I've cited this before, but, you know, he said when when you think of D2 AA basketball, Pope Prep is not the team that you think of immediately. You're probably thinking of an Endsworth or a Brentwood Academy, maybe an NBA, somebody like that. They enjoy the underdog role, and uh, they're playing really, really good basketball. Ask Charles Wade what's kind of been the secret to their success. Not only are they playing good defense and rebounding, but this is a team that cares about each other outside of the locker room, outside of the gym. And I think anytime you get team chemistry as high as they have, you get results like this and you get, you know, team wins like this. So, you know, Pope Prep, um, they've got some big games coming up down the stretch. they got to go to Innsworth. Um, they just actually beat Father Ryan on the road, so that was a tough win uh, to get on the road. You know, anytime you get those two schools together, Pope Prep and Father Ryan, it's always going to be a, a close game. But, you know, like I said, this is a team that's coming down the stretch looking really good, and uh, I'm excited to see kind of how they shake out in Division II AA. Um, but not to be outdone, listen, Beach Hendersonville, the girls, was really, really good. Like I mentioned before, after losing by 30 the first go-around, Hendersonville looked poised to win that ball game. But big plays down the stretch by Carson Sisk and the defense helped the Lady Bucks hold on to vi- victory. You know, speaking of Carson Sisk, this is a girl that missed miss a lot of the season due to a back injury. And back injuries are, are tough, and they're, they're hard to work out. They're hard to work through. But she has been fully cleared to go and she is needed. And Lauren Elkins cited her after that win, saying that she was big down the stretch, whether it was hitting free throws, whether it was getting seals, whether it was being a big body on the low post, low post, putting her arms up, you know, playing good defense or, or whatever it may be. So, you know, adding Carson to that low block with a girl like, like with girls like Bailey Ford or Riley Long, I think it does really good stuff for them. And, and you know, they're undefeated in league play. The Lady Bucks are, much like the boys, but the Lady Bucks, and, um, you know, they've all but locked up the regular season district championship. I know they have Gallatin on the road this Friday. That's going to be tough for both the boys and girls, but if you're able to get past that, I'm pretty sure they only have Hunters Lane and McGavick left. No slight to Hunters Lane and McGavick, but they have struggled, uh, especially on the girls' side uh, this season. So, uh, you know, 
even if Beach falters on the road uh, on Friday night, as long as they don't lose their last two, uh, they should be in good good position to win the win District Ten for a regular season. And then the boys, you know, they're kind of in the same boat. They're they've got a few game lead. Uh, as long as they they take care of business um, against Gallatin on Friday, uh, they play a pretty good Hunters Lane team as well. Who's got a uh, Asa Hardaway, who's a really good guard who can get 20 for you at any given time. You know, Hunters Lane's a, an athletic team that that could give uh, Beach a lot of fits. But, you know, I just think if if Beach is able to take care of business on Friday, uh, then then they should be in, in really good position to, to bring home the district championship. Moving on to our boys' rankings, not a lot change in the first three. So you've, you've still got Beach at number one. You've got Pope Prep at number two, and you've got Gallatin at number three. You can see there on the ticker their records and how they're doing in league play. Beach, of course, being undefeated at 26-0, 7-0 in league play. You know, I was looking at their schedule, and they had a really tough uh, week this week. They had to go on the road to Hendersonville on Tuesday, and they've got to go on the road to Gallatin on Friday. That's a tough stretch, and for them to – uh, get through that Hendersonville game with somewhat ease, playing a, just a complete game according to Kit Brown and kind of set the tone for Friday night. I think goes a long way. Now, like he said, that result will have n- nothing to do with Friday night's result, and Beach will still have to come out and be prepared and, and, and win that basketball game because, listen, Bobby Luna's squad will be ready. They play good defense and, and will be a challenge for Beach. You can guarantee that. Um, but they've been the best team all season long. I don't see them, you know, even even if they drop the game, to be honest with you, to Gallatin, I don't see them moving out of our top spot. I mean, they've already they played Pope Prep once this year, albeit in a tournament in Christmas, uh, to which they won pretty easily. So I think just the body of, of work that they've put together so far this season is, is going to keep them at my number one spot. Um, you know, they would really have to kind of collapse down the stretch, which, you know, I just don't see happening. Um for them to move out of my out of my top spot. But, you know, like I said, Beach 26 and 0, 7 and 0. They're my number one team. And then Pope Prep, 16 and 7, 5 and 4. They're, they're solidified at number two, especially what they were able to do um, on Friday with that 16 point fourth quarter comeback and then able to go on the road, beat Father Ryan in overtime. That's two big wins for them and no reason for me to bump them out of my number two spot. And then Gallatin. Gallatin is my number three team. I know they lost on the road to Hunters Lane, uh, but Hunters Lane is a good team. Um, they're they're a really good team. They can they can shoot the ball very well. Gallatin struggled shooting the ball on the road, but this is a team that um, I've got a lot of faith in. Bobby Luna's team plays really good defense at thirteen and nine, five and two in league play. They're actually second in District Ten Four A, so they're having a really really good year uh, for the Green Wave. And I'm excited to see if they can make any noise down the stretch because. When you've got a team that can play defense the way that Gallatin does, you're always going to give yourself a chance, and and that's exactly what they do. Can they win the district tournament championship? I don't think so, but can they get to the region tournament? Absolutely. I really do think they could do that. Could they win a game in the region tournament? I think they could do that as well. Uh, just a really good team, and so uh, that's where I, that's why I've got Gallatin at number three. So I feel really good about one, two, and three at Beach, Pope Prep, and Gallatin. And then teams uh, for the, the middle of the pack kind of have always been kind of the same a little bit, but I've actually moved Portland up one spot this week, dropping Hendersonville down one spot. Uh, Portland, of course, being number four at 16 and 10, four and two overall. Hendersonville, four and eight, four and three overall. 
moving White House up one spot, seven and 17, two and four overall, and dropping Station Camp down to my number seven seed. Station Camp's just struggling right now. You know, they were trailing 16 to eight at halftime against Gallatin. 16 to eight at halftime. After 16 minutes, they had only eight points. So they're struggling right now. And, and, and I figured it would be a struggle this year. Listen, they lost their three best players this offseason and Isaiah Davis to Nashville Christian, and, of course, Tyler Moore and Eli Rice to Beach High School. Grady Parsons is doing a really good job. He's kind of coming into his own, but they're just a struggling team right now, and, and I just think that uh, it's going to be really tough for them to find wins. Um, but back to Hendersonville, down one spot, you know, they've kind of they've kind of faltered late. I don't, I don't know really what's going on with them. Uh, that showing against Beach was was tough. I mean, you get down five, and then you cut it to seven, and then Beach ends the final – four and a half minutes of the third quarter on a 16-6 run, and then outscores them 17-5 to in the fourth quarter. They just weren't able to do much. And I talked to Clancy Hall after the game, and and he noticed that there were some dropped heads and um, just a different look that maybe they hadn't seen all year from that team. So a little concerned about Hendersonville, if, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I don't know if they hit their peak early or, or what happened, but they've certainly struggled uh, here late. And so I've got them at my number five spot down one, one position. And then looking uh, again at teams eight and nine, uh, of course Merrill High being at not or at nine, uh, being my last team, you know they they're three and fourteen, one and six overall. They've just struggled this year. Uh, they graduated their best player last year, and, and it's just been tough for them this year, um, trying to to you know find wins and 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 make some noise in their league. So uh, again, my my teams right down running down to it: Beach number one, Hope Prep two. Gallatin three, Portland four, Hendersonville five, uh, excuse me, White House six, uh, Station Camp seven, Westmoreland eight, and White House at number nine. Looking at my girls' ranking to keep this thing rolling, uh, again, top spot, top two spots don't change. Westmoreland at 19 and three, two and oh in, in league play, Beach 15 and 10, seven and oh. Those two teams, they're the best two teams in the county. They've proven it uh, all season long. Westmoreland has been on a tear, albeit only through two league games. You know, they're in a four-team region, so it's not like they've got a ton of re- – or it's, excuse me, a four-team district. So they don't have a ton of district games to work through. Uh, but they've got 19 wins. They have not lost since December 3rd when they lost on the road at Clarksville Northwest. They're looking really good. And, and like I mentioned, they're going to automatically make it to the region tournament with only being in a four-team district. But I don't think that's where they stop. I think they can get to a sectional round. And I think, you know, you give yourself a chance to get to the state tournament. I'll take EJ Perry, Elena Eckel, and those girls to to get it done. So I like Westmoreland as my number one team, and I like them to make a run at the state tournament. Up two spots, though, our big mover this week, Station Camp at 13-8, and 4-3 and three overall. We're able to get some big wins uh, this week in league play, looks like they're finding the groove here lately. Uh, we're able to get a win on the, or excuse me, at home against Gallatin, which was used, was able to beat Hendersonville. Um, so they, they're looking really good. They're coming on late. Kendra Jackson, I got to get out to see those girls and see them play. I haven't seen them in a long, long time, but you know, they're playing good basketball of late. And I think they're very deserving of that number three ranking. And I feel good about my, my top three teams of Westmoreland beach and uh, and Station Camp, excuse me. But uh, they've got some big games coming up this week, so it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of how they play out. 
Hendersonville down one spot, 14 and eight, four and three in league play. I moved them down a spot because they lost to Station Camp. They lost to Beach. So I figured it was it was time to move them down. You know, if you remember in past rankings, there was kind of a cluster between three, four, five. Uh, and so I'm trying to sort through that a little bit, putting Gallatin down two spots at number five. And then I've got White House, Pope Prep, Portland, and Merrill Hyde to close out my rankings. Uh, quite simple, you know, Merrill Hyde and Portland, they've kind of stayed at that eight, nine range. Um, you know, they're just struggling to find wins and it's, it's tough for them. And so, um, you know, they could move up, uh, you know, if they have a strong showing in the latest, if they pick up a few wins here and there, maybe make some noise in the district tournament, get to the region tournament. I could see them moving up, but right now eight and nine, I do feel good about keeping them there, Portland and, and Merrill Hyde, um, and then again, number six, White House, and number seven, Pope Prep, stay the same. Uh, White House is looking good though; they're fourteen and nine. Uh, I believe they're five and two uh, in, in league play, and they've—I think they've won five in a row now, maybe six in a row. And they're just—you know—they're coming on strong, and you know they got a big win on the road at Portland, which is a tough place to play, a tough win to have in a game that they trailed a lot up. Uh, but they were able to get the game-winning basket with a few minutes left and and uh, get a, steal a, a, a road win. So um, feeling good about White House. Now, can they move up and jump a Hendersonville or Gallatin? I don't know, you know, because I do put a lot of stock in Gallatin and Hendersonville being 4A and White House um, being 3A. But, you know, We'll see what happens. You know, if they're able to come out, close out the, the regular season with three or four straight wins of, you know, double-digit points and, and maybe a Gallatin or Hendersonville struggles down the stretch, maybe I consider moving them up. But but right now I think I feel good um, with that ranking, keeping them at uh, where they are. So, again, my rankings this week, Westmoreland number one, Beach number two, Station Camp three, Hendersonville four, Gallatin five, White House six, Pope Prep seven, Portland eight and Merrill Hyde at number nine. And then of course, maybe our favorite segment of the show. Hopefully it's your favorite segment as well. It's our two, two, one where I give you two games, two players and one winner for the week. You know what? I, I scour, I scour the schedule. I look at it. I wonder, you know, I try to pick different games here and there, but sometimes I come back to just the same games each and every week. But this week I've got two games for you. So Beach at Gallatin on Friday is going to be really good. Both boys and girls, I think, is is worth the price of admission. Uh, I don't, I think it's eight bucks to get into a game now. I'd pay that if I had to pay to get into a game because I think it's going to be really good. Again, you get the opportunity to see two teams potentially lock up a district regular season championship, or you get to see a potential upset. You get to see uh, potentially Gallatin handing both the Lady Bucks and the Bucks their first loss of the season. Of course, the Lady Bucks, if they lose, it would be their first district loss. And if the Bucks lose, it'd be their first loss of the season, period. So Beach at Gallatin on Friday is my first game. And then Portland versus Greenbrier on Tuesday. You know, I, I'm going to get into my one winner here in a minute, but Portland versus Greenbrier is a huge game because District 9-3A seems to be a three-horse race at this time, and uh, that game will go a long way in determining just who wins uh, the district regular season. So, again, my two games this week, Beach at Gallatin on Friday and Portland versus Greenbrier on Tuesday. My two players to look at this week, I'm looking at Antonio Wilkerson for Pope Prep when they when they face off against Ensworth on Friday, and I'm looking at Jaron Jarrett for Gallatin when they face off 
uh, or excuse me, Jaron Jarrett for Hendersonville when they face off against Gallatin on Friday. Antonio Wilkerson, we'll start with him. He's Pope's big man. He's about 6'6", 6'7". He knows a transfer in this year. He's a sophomore. He's still very raw in his game. Got to learn to stay on his feet a little bit more, not bite on those pump fakes. But he's going to be battling Innsworth's Malik Dia, who has signed to attend Vanderbilt University. Malik is a very good low-post player. And if Pope Prep has any hopes of winning that game, they need Antonio to step up in a big, big way and just try to limit him to – you know, a little bit. Listen, this is a Vanderbilt signee in Malik Diaz, so he's obviously very good. He can get buckets. He can get rebounds. You just got to hold on to Superman's cape at this point and hope that maybe you can try to limit him on the blow block, maybe frustrate him, get him in foul trouble, uh, and just get him off the floor because I do think Innsworth goes with as Malik Diaz goes. You know, they just lost a game on the road at NBA on a buzzer beater. Um, last week, so you know they're going to be anxious to to get that sour taste out of their mouth. But again, I think Antonio Wilkerson could be a big, big problem for Malik Dia and Insworth if he's able to just stay on the floor, stay out of foul trouble, stay on his feet, and just you know get a hand up, get a hand in that big man's face, try to alter shots, get some rebounds when you when you can, box out and and play good defense because he can play good defense when he's on the floor. Uh, but he's certainly going to be tested. Uh, against a very good player in Malik Dia. And then Jaron Jarrett for Hendersonville, uh, their point guard. She's, you know, that is a very different Hendersonville team when she is not on the floor. And you can see that each and every game when they play. You know, thankfully, she's been on the floor of them for them of late. And uh, she has been just a wonderful, wonderful floor general for them. Uh, Kelly Reed raves and gushes over her and what she's able to do and so she's going to be critical if Hendersonville wants to go on the road and get a win a much needed win uh, for them and it's not going to be an easy game Gallatin Lady Wave they're a good team Uh, they've got good guard play uh, specifically Sanai Ricks, Asia Sawyers, Maggie Hale Uh, they they do some good things on the perimeter where Hendersonville may be able to find some find some success is on the low block, and that's going to come down to Jaron Jarrett being able to drive, kick, dish. And so the post players are going to have to be ready. Their hands are going to have to be ready to catch the ball, go up with it, keep that ball high, keep it above your chin. Don't get ripped on the down low. But, again, Jaron Jarrett, she's going to be so big, uh, not just on Friday night for Hendersonville. She's going to be big uh, for them moving down the stretch in the district tournament, potentially the region tournament and beyond. And so Jaron Jarrett is one of my girls to look at this week for our two players, again, Antonio Wilkerson for Pope and Jaron Jarrett for Hendersonville. And then my one winner for the week. You know what? Uh, I'm going to get into this in a minute. I'm not going to change it because I've already got it written down and I'm not going back on my picks. I don't do this in football season when I find out if a player is injured and and missing a game. So I'm still sticking with it. And I've got the Portland boys over Greenbrier on Tuesday. As I mentioned, District 9-3A seems to be a three-horse race for the regular season title as Greenbrier at 4-1 and and Creek 1 at 4-1 and lead Portland by one game at 4-2. and Now, Portland and Creekwood did split their season series. Uh, and Portland dropped a tough game at Greenbrier just two weeks ago. But if Portland can take down the Bobcats, win at Montgomery Central, which which they should, they should definitely be at beat Montgomery Central, uh, they'll give themselves a chance at winning at least a share of the regular season title. Now, they do still need some help along the way from either like a White House or a Montgomery Central versus Creekwood. If I was a Portland fan, I'd, I'd probably say you White House is probably your best bet there, uh, but even then, that's that's tough. That's that's going to be a tough shot. But but more than anything, first and foremost, they have to take care 
of business against the Bob, Bobcats, and I do think they do that. Listen, this is a good Portland team. Their most wins in 20 seasons at 16 wins overall. They just lost a tough game on the road at Smith County in overtime. Again, I think this team is talented, and I think they can beat Greenbrier on the road at, or excuse me, at home on Tuesday, potentially get some help and bring home at least a share of the District 9-3A title. Going into overtime this week, uh, a little bit, a little bit strange news. So, uh, getting prepared for for some things yesterday. For Nash, as you all know, it was National Signing Day on Wednesday. Uh, was getting prepared for that and um, getting ready to record this show. Actually, we record on on Wednesdays. Uh, but I get a text and says from uh, from Casey Patrick, who is our dish, our David, or excuse me, our Dixon and Cheatham County reporter, and says, "Hey, I just got a text message, a really weird text message." Did Daryl Travis resign from from Portland? And I was just like, um, I haven't heard that. You know, let me let me check. Let me see what's going on. So I call one of my sources up at Portland, and the first thing he doesn't even say hi, hello. He knows why I'm calling because he answers the phone and he said, "Yes, it's true." And I'm like, "Well, what happened? Like, why did Daryl Travis resign from his post at Portland? This is a team that's got 16 wins." You're on the verge of potentially winning a share of the district regular season. You've got a chance to win the tournament championship. Why the heck would you step down? I still haven't found out a reason. Um, I have no idea why he stepped down. You know, there's just it's a lot of a lot of just you know beating around the bush, not giving uh, any any answers. And so you know, I put out a story yesterday, a pretty vague story, just letting people know that he had resigned. Um, kind of his accolades you know he was at Springfield prior to uh, joining the Portland staff in 2017 did a really good job with the Yellow Jackets was the district coach of the year Uh, and you saw what he was able to do once Portland got in a in a district more sustainable to uh, their school size you know that old district 9-3A that they competed in with the likes of Beach and Gallatin and Lebanon and Mount Juliet and those teams they just they weren't suited for for that district I mean their school size just just wouldn't, just wasn't the same as those schools. So when TWSAA elected to go to four class, four classes, keeping Portland in 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 three A, going up against the teams like Montgomery Central or, or Creekwood or Greenbrier or White House, that's more suitable for them. And you saw what it, what they're able to do again, giving themselves a chance to win the district regular season, most wins in twenty years at sixteen. Uh, since Corey Brewer Brewer was in school, which was back in 2004, 2003, 2004. Um, so, you know, really strange situation. I, I don't have all the details still. I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, it's been tough to fit, you know, it's been tough to find out stuff, but, you know, I'll keep digging and see what I can find out. But, you know, I don't know if there was division in the program. I don't know what it was. Um, but it's just really weird that, that Daryl Travis des- decided to step down and resign as, as Portland boys basketball coach. But nevertheless, uh, John Ferguson, who was a, who was a standout player for the Panthers during the mid two thousands actually played, uh, with Corey Brewer, uh, has been an assistant coach for Portland for several years now is going to take over as interim coach. So, uh, John Ferguson going to close out the season for Portland. I know he'll do a good job, but as far as the reason why Daryl Travis decided to resign, I can't give you a reason right now. But you know what? That doesn't mean I'm going to stop trying. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not going to stop digging until I figure it out. Um, because obviously there's something there, right? I mean, you don't just step away from a program for no reason when you're being as successful as you are now. And you know, when I showed up to 
you know, Beach High School yesterday, example, for, for or Hendersonville High School for National Signing Day. You know, I was I was asked to get there at a certain time. I was a little bit late because I was working on that. And I was like, hey, guys, sorry I'm late. Daryl Travis resigned. And it was the same, like, shocked look. Like, what? What'd you say? Who resigned? Why? Because no one could understand him. He did, he's done such a great job with that program. And so it's just a little strange for him. Uh, to step away at this time. But nevertheless, like I said, John Ferguson is taking over as interim coach. And if Daryl doesn't return, uh, Mr. Woods, Mr. David Woods, the Portland principal, told me that, you know, he'll give the head coaching duties to John Ferguson. So uh, I guess we just got to stay tuned and, and see what happens. So, you know, that's what that's what I've got this week on the full court press. You know what time it is when you see the basketball hoop. It's always basketball time here in the Womble household. It's basketball time in Sumner County. That's all I've got for this week's episode of the Full Court Press. Hope you enjoyed me rambling on, giving you my 2-2-1, my players of the week, and my rankings. I will talk to you next week. This, again, of course, is your host, Zach Womble. Please follow me on Twitter, at Zach Womble MSP. You can follow the show, at FCP msp and of course please don't forget to like subscribe and comment on the podcast even if it's a bad even if it's a bad comment i'll take it just let me know what you're thinking and until next week i'll talk to you soon this has been the full court press podcast part of the sumner county sports lineup of podcasts with your host zach womble covers high school sports all across sumner county Follow him on Twitter at Zach Womble MSP and follow the show at FCP underscore MSP and find the work online at MainStreetPreps.com. Full Court Press is a production of Main Street Media.